Welcome to the December 18th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and the sermon is entitled, God with Us, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. And I say this all the time, I believe I get the opportunity to worship at one of the best places, the best churches in all the world, at Clifford Baptist Church. And I'm thankful for the foundation that has been laid. I'm thankful for you and your families for being a part of it. And my prayer is this, is that we continue uh, to reach out to our community in this season of Christmas, that we continue to guide and direct our families and lead them to the true meaning of Christ our Savior. And my prayer is this, in in the next couple of weeks, I know the next week of your life is going to be extremely busy. But I also know this, For some of you that are here today and some of you that are even in person or watching online, this may be the hardest week of your life. This is not an easy season, but praise be to God that we can always look to Christ, a risen Savior, a a Lord that came to us to be with us. And that's the challenge. Look for Jesus. Look for Jesus in every situation, no matter how hard it is. Uh, Liz Alcock reminded me this week how, how God will take the hard things and weave them with His love and He will make something beautiful out of it. And so my prayer for you, if you are having a hard season of life, is to continue to look to a faithful Savior through it all. And my prayer is this, is that in the middle of it, that God will reveal Himself to you. God is with us. Praise be to God. Matthew chapter 1, as we take our Bibles today, last week you were issued the Christmas challenge. One verse from 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 15, it says this, Thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. And I'm grateful for that one little verse that we pulled apart last week, that we talked about, that we challenged you with some five or six points, that every gift has a giver. That Jesus is the greatest gift. That the gift is free, but it will cost you if you follow Him faithfully. That we need to pray for the one that needs to receive the gift. That God gets our thanks because of His Son, Jesus Christ, being that gift. And then some people leave the greatest gift in all the world unopened. Left alone. Or maybe they dabble in it a couple times a year. My hope is as we take the next step in this Christmas challenge today, that you will see that this gift has amazing names and amazing titles throughout Scripture. But in the very beginning, as we look at this great gift of Jesus, this is one of the easiest times to share the gospel, an invitation to Jesus, and an invitation to church. Matthew starts out his book in chapter number 1, By speaking to the generations of Jesus. His job was this, to connect Jesus to Abraham. To prove that, guess what? The king had really come. Jesus had a title and an authority to the kingship. And that he was the king that came. And so as Matthew begins the gospel, chapter number 1, he takes that challenge and he connects it through the lineage and through generations to show this, that Jesus truly is the deserving king. And I'm grateful to see that, but that is not the basis of my sermon this morning. The basis of my sermon are not the names leading up to Jesus, 
But my, na- my, my sermon this morning is, as Jesus comes to this earth, what are the three names that he is referred to in Matthew chapter number 18? The greatest gift, the unspeakable gift has a name. And here is my prayer. This morning, if you are watching live stream, if you are here in the church, here is my heartfelt prayer that every person in this sanctuary knows the name Jesus. And as Jesus came to the world as the greatest gift, what you do with that gift, I can't tell you. I can't force you. I can't twist your arm. I can't make you take it. I can just tell you how good he's been to me. Today, I want you and I to take a look together at the greatest gift the world has ever been offered. Back in school, and i got to be careful here because guess what? I'm getting on up in age. It used to be a couple years ago. Now it's over 20 years ago. I had a project to do in school, and the teacher said this. As you take this project on, I want you to do one thing. I want you to find out why you were given your name and what your name means. Okay? Now, I will say this. This is long before Google ever came in the picture. So I went home, and this was the project, asking why did I get this name, and, and, and are you ready for what the name Jeffrey means? It means the bringer of peace. I've never forgotten that from a kid. The bringer of peace. I actually Googled it to make sure I was right. Because Google is always right. Y'all know that, right? And actually the name Jeffrey means a pledge of peace or God's peace. That's exactly what it means. And I never have forgotten that from a child that that name was important. And looking back as a 40-year-old, it's amazing how that lines up. But throughout Scripture and throughout the Bible, it's, 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 how, it's more than, to a name than just a name. They gave babies and children name, names based on an origin or based on a purpose or based on characteristics or based on circumstances around the family. That was, is what derived a name. And so many of the names that we just allow to roll off our tongues have great meaning behind them. And today I want to give you three of the greatest words in all of Scripture. I would ask that you take your Bibles and look with me in Matthew chapter 1. Look at verses 18 and 19 with me. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. So here's the the first point today. The first name that I want to give you is the one who is called Christ. The one who is called Christ. What does that word mean to you? As we look at Matthew's gospel, it opens up in the genealogy and the announcement that a birth was forthcoming and the birth of Jesus Christ was to come. But in verse number 16, if you go back a couple verses, it says this, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Christ. What is the meaning of that one title of Jesus? The Bible often uses this title 
with Jesus' name. So it carries some importance for us. But why is it important? Some people believe that that's Jesus' last name. It is not. It is a title in which he carries. And here's where it comes from. Christ comes from the Greek word Christos, meaning the anointed one. The Hebrew word, meaning the anointed one, is where we get the familiar word Messiah. So here is what Jesus Christ, that title Christ, carries. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. He is the hope of the Old Testament and what they waited for. Guess what? Matthew says the anointed one, the Messiah, has come. Today, that should get us excited. That should get us excited that over 2,000 years ago, the anointed one, the Messiah, came throughout, or throughout the world to us. God's people had been looking for him for a long time. But it's amazing. In John chapter number 1, verse number 41, as the disciples are being called, Andrew goes to his brother Simon Peter, And he finds Simon and he tells him, we have found the Messiah. We have found Christ. Today, I want to speak just for a second. Many of us in this room have found Christ. But we like to keep that tucked away. Even in our own family situations, we're scared to go go to people and say, I found the promised one. I found the greatest gift in all the world. I found the Messiah, and which is the hope of all our world. And yet I'm scared to share it. Christ carries with it the title of the anointed one. Yet God's people looked for a military champion. They did not look for a baby. They wanted a great king and a great ruler. Yet they did not look in a manger. They looked to the military instead of the manger. As the birth of the anointed one was drawing near, verse number 18 tells us that Mary was espoused and the Holy Ghost was the Father. God Almighty was the Father of this child. And I want you to know that they were in between what we consider marriage and engagement. It was a binding agreement that could last upwards of a year or more. And it was a a long period of time, but it was a time that, that, that they were bound to. And all of a sudden, Joseph finds his wife pregnant with child. What do you do? What do you do? Look at verse number 19. Joseph, her husband being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, just wanted to put her away. Didn't want to draw attention. Didn't want a bad name to come to her. Didn't want the situation to be known. He just wanted to put her away and make it go away quietly. Today... As I look at that, it's amazing how much I see love in the heart of Joseph. But the anointed one has come. Matthew chapter 1 says the anointed one is here. He's come. He's coming in the form of a babe. I know that there's a familiar saying about the word Christ, and we want to keep it where? In Christmas, right? Keep Christ in Christmas. But here is part one of this challenge today. Is not only do we want to keep Christ in Christmas, we want to keep Christ in Christians. We're worried about what the world is doing with Christmas. We ought to look at our own lives. 
and see what we're doing with the name of Christ. And our life should be a direct reflection of what Christ is, the anointed one, the Messiah. And so my Christmas challenge is keep Christ in Christmas, but make sure Christ is in Christian if you claim to be that. The one who is called Christ carries meaning for you and I today. Point number two in our sermon today. Look at verses 20 and 21. But while he thought on these things, now this is Joseph, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Point number two, thou shalt call his name Jesus. The greatest name, in my opinion, in all the world is that of Jesus. As Joseph comes and he's trying to put his wife away quietly, Adultery was a real thing and he didn't want that to be an accusation against her, not wanting her to be embarrassed. An angel comes to him and I love in verse number 20 it says, while he thought on these things. Joseph is trying to process what in the world is going on in my life and in Mary's life. What is God doing here? Have you ever taken time, just a few minutes, to process what God is doing in your life, what God wants to do with your life, how He wants to work in your life, and what He wants to use you for. Christmas time is a great time to do that. As the family draws in, I want you to ponder these very important questions. What does God want to do with me? As Joseph is thinking through all of these things, do I put her away do I follow? Do I be obedient? What should I do? The angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. And the angel tells Joseph three words that are used that are very hard words. Don't be afraid. That's just what you want to hear, right? It makes everything better. I'm being sarcastic here. If I told you all don't worry about it, there's many people that can't do that. Oh, you shouldn't get worked up about that. That's probably going to fire you up even more. But as the angel of God comes and says, don't be afraid, he's echoing words throughout the century that God has said, don't be afraid, I'm with you. I'm with you. This serves as a reminder that this woman, that you not only need to love her, and that you not only need to love that child, but you need to take her as your wife. She hasn't committed adultery. And this child, Joseph, I want you to raise. I want you to raise just as if it were your own. I'm the father, but I want you to raise this child. It's amazing to me what happens when God steps in this situation. When God steps in the situation, I don't know what Joseph is thinking. He's probably thinking, let's just let this go away. Let, let the people and the murmuring quiet down. When they see my wife pregnant, what are, gonna, what are they going to think of me? Let's just let it all die down. I'll leave her and it'll all go away. And God says, I don't want it to happen that way. How many of us don't take time to include God in the things of our family, of our situation, 
of the things that we're going through. We, we seek our own decisions and our own thinking and our own wisdom and we make that decision and we think that's the very best decision. And I'm not questioning God's word today, but what if the, the angel of the Lord didn't show up? Joseph would have done a very bad thing. But God showed up. And not only did he show up, he says, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not. Take unto Mary thy wife, for that which she has conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She is going to bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. When I look at life's fears, when I look at life's fears, there's a lot that we can see. There's a lot that's behind those that have questions. And today, what I'm challenging you church to do is quit looking at the things that scare you to death and start looking at God. Look to the, to look to the name of Jesus to lead you through those times, those hard times. And I know that this morning there are some people here in this room that are hurting tremendously. Look to Jesus. That's the message. The greatest name in all the world wants to walk with you, wants to lead you, wants to, wants to be by your side through these tough times. God wants to intervene in your situation. Will you let him? Will you let him? As we look at this virgin birth, we see God's intervention not only into two people's lives, but into all of humanity as he begins his plan to unfold a perfect gift, a sinless baby, in order to pay the debt of the sin of the world. That's the purpose of the virgin birth. There would be no salvation at all if there was an imperfect person involved. Friends, there had to be a perfect person. And his name is Jesus. Now what do we do with that name? What do you and I today do with the name of Jesus? With it, it carries the title, God is salvation. So be careful. Every time you use the word or the name Jesus, I want you, I want you to know what you're speaking. God of salvation. Be careful how you use it now. Because every time you proclaim Jesus, you're saying, God is salvation. We sing, Jesus loves the little children. The God of salvation loves the little children. That's what we sing. But we also misuse the name of Jesus. So be careful. What are you to do with the name of Jesus today? I want to point you to Philippians chapter number 2. This is where I want to start this morning by saying this. Philippians chapter number 2 verses 9 through 11 say this. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. I told you it was the greatest one. Verse number 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of the things in heaven, and the things in the earth, and the things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The name Jesus carries with it so much power, and ability, and capability, that we fail to understand it. God says at the name of Jesus, one day every knee will bow before Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every tongue is going to confess him as Lord. And today, if you have never done that, one day you will. One day you will. 
But that name carries so much more. It offers us a name to believe on. In God's Word, we're commanded to believe on the name of Jesus. We're also told in Acts chapter number 4 that neither is there any other name, or neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given any man why, why much we must be saved and what we be, must be saved. So friends, listen, there's no other name to be saved by. Muhammad is not the name. Jesus is. Jesus is that name that we must be saved by. The Bible tells us that we were washed, that we were sanctified, that we were justified simply by the name of Jesus. That we must use it in authority when we pray. It also says that demons must obey the name of Jesus. And whatever you do, here's one of my favorite books in all the Bible, is the book of Colossians. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Friends, today, from the very beginning, God told the world that this name, this baby, would be a powerful force for all the world. But our scripture also teaches us this, that that name Jesus will be rejected by many. John chapter 1 verses 11, it says this, He came to His own and His own received Him not. Matthew chapter number 21 verse 42, The stone which the builders rejected, that's Jesus. In the book of Isaiah, your Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter number 53, listen to to the suffering servant. I don't know how far I'm going to go with this, but these are powerful words. I just want you, just as I read this, don't follow along. Just listen and picture Jesus, okay? Listen to these words in verse number 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one into his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before her shearer is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. I could continue on. Isaiah 53 shows Jesus Christ going to a cross some 700 years before it ever happened. Isaiah tells us the greatest gift is going to be beaten and bruised. He's going to lay down his life for the transgressions of all the world. 
Friends, I want you to know what we are called to do is simply this. Call his name Jesus. My prayer this morning is the name of Jesus causes us to celebrate. The season of Christmas would allow us not to look at a world that is hurting, but look to a Savior that has paid the ultimate price for our salvation. And the ultimate challenge is this, is that we share the great gift of Jesus Christ with all the world. As I close this point, what will you do with Jesus over the next week? The third point out of today's message comes from verses 22 through 25. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. The third point today is Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. Isaiah in chapter number 7 verse number 14 he prophesies of the virgin birth, a son would be born, and they would name him Emmanuel. Here in Matthew chapter 1, that's exactly what happened. It came to fruition. Throughout the Old Testament, God was with his people. Where did we see God at in the Old Testament? We've seen him in the cloud. We've seen him in the fire. We've seen him in the still small voice. He was in the Ark of the Covenant. He was the tabernacle in the temple. And now God in person is Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. God has become with us. This little baby boy would mean that God was coming to be with his people. And the world would rejoice at a baby at a baby being born. There's so many of you this year that have welcomed new babies into the world, some just recently. And it's what a, what a joy it is. But here, Mary and Joseph welcome the Savior of all the world. It's more than just looking at a little baby and saying, oh, that little baby's cute. Because that little baby that came in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes would soon be headed to a cross to die for our sin. Emmanuel, God with us. God came not to stay as a baby, but God came to go to a, to a cross in the form of Jesus for every sinful person in this world, whom I'm the chief of, as Paul said. He died for me. This Christmas... What will you do with that name? What will you do with the title of Christ? Will you put Christ not back in Christmas, but in the Christians whom we claim to be? Will we take the name of Jesus, the hollowed, precious name of Jesus, the powerful name of Jesus, and will we just speak it to one person? Emmanuel, will you take the promise that God is with you. Will you take that to heart this Christmas season? And my prayer is this, is that your heart and your home 
will be filled with far more joy than you ever have imagined in all of your life. In between the Old Testament and New Testament are 400 years of silence. People hoping, waiting for the light of the world to come. And I look out these doors and it is a very, very dark world. We don't have 400 years to wait. We don't have 400 years. And I know that today that God is not silent. The only way that God is silent is when we, the church, remain silent. And so church, the challenge, the Christmas challenge is this. To carry the light of the world into a dark world and speak the name of Christ, Jesus, Emmanuel. Tell the world that God is with us. One thing that you can do is just simply say, God be with you. God be with you. I had an old pastor that said that every time you left his presence, God be with you. God be with you. As a little child, I paid no attention to that. I just knew that he said the same thing over and over. But he was reminding me, God is with you. God is with you. This morning, many of us trust our own names more than we trust the name of Jesus. We trust our own abilities than what we will trust what God can do. I'm asking a church family to reach a community that needs Jesus. Nothing more. Nothing more. If we reach with Jesus, we will cover the spectrum. It is our job as the church to reach with Jesus. If we don't, shame on us. Will we do it this Christmas season? I want to close with one more bit of Scripture to add to your Christmas challenge. Titus chapter number 2. Listen to these words. Titus chapter number 2, 11 through 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a particular people, zealous of good works. These things, listen to here, speak and exhort and and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. What a challenge as we take Jesus Christ to the world. Now you sit here and say, Pastor Jeffrey, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. That could be a true statement. But how many times do we need to be reminded the importance importance of reaching the world with Jesus? God has put this on my heart this Christmas season. And maybe it's just a message for the pastor. But my prayer is this. The message that God has given me, I want to charge you with as the church. That we be the people of God in this community that lead others to Him. Don't beat them with the Bible. Love them with Jesus Christ alone. Today, if you are here and you have never ever accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to say this. Jesus Christ 
came to this world in the form of a baby, but he went to a cruel cross for your sin. And maybe there's somebody here, the greatest Christmas present that you need in your life today, and you know it. Here's the thing. If you need it, you know it. It's Jesus. If you will simply bow before him, before him and believe on the name of Jesus, he will change your life. He will save you. He will forgive you. And you will begin to live for him for all eternity. Today, church, family, what will we do with Jesus? He's not in a manger anymore. What will you do with him? That is our Christmas challenge. Let's pray together. Father God, as every head is bowed around this room, Lord, I'm just going to take a, a second to pray for my church family. Lord, maybe there's somebody in this room and I want to encourage that I'm the only one that's looking around. Maybe there's somebody in this room today that you say, Pastor Jeffrey, pray for me because I'm going through a hard time. This is a hard season for me. Just raise your hand up and put it right back down. Anybody going through a hard season? I see those hands. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us real quick. Father God, I pray. Lord, in your mighty power and your grace, Lord, that you will meet every need that is represented in this room. God, you know them. You know what the people are going through. And you have the solution. God, I pray that we will be faithful and we will not be afraid to turn to you. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do in these situations. Maybe today there's somebody here that says, Pastor Jeffrey, I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. But I need help. I need God's help in reaching out somebody is there anybody around this room that'll raise their hand and put it right back down and say God I need help reaching out to somebody that's going to sit around my table praise be to God I see those hands Father God Lord I pray that in only the way that you can that you give us the courage and strength the right opportunity to speak up and Lord when that when that opportunity comes give us the courage to speak of the name of Jesus maybe today you're here with your head still bowed you say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Simply put, I need, I need Jesus. I will not approach you in any way, but I just want to pray for you. If there's somebody that will slip their hand up and put it right back down that says, Pastor, I need Jesus. I see that hand. I see that hand. I will, not, I will not approach you, but here's the invitation. to Come to an altar where Jesus can meet your needs today. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will give these ones who raise their hand that they need Jesus, maybe for the very first time, give them the courage to come down today and simply ask you to come and to live in their heart. Thank you for what you're going to do in this business session with you as we give this time of invitation. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.